Let's go. Yo, welcome back to Bingetown TV. The Rooks and Vets are back chatting Carnival Row. This time we're on episode three, Kingdoms of the Moon. So this episode is a fandom favorite. Got the second highest ranking on IMDb, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's the favorite episode consensus of the fandom. That's a little bit of a, you know, like Reddit searching. Most people say that. Shout out to Reddit too, by the way. And, uh, Great, so all downhill from here, huh? Yeah, now come on. They're all good. It's just this one, just the whole feel of it is just way yeah. better. So what I thought about this episode was if you can get through this episode and you're not in for the show, you're not going to like it because the entire basis of Carnival Row is on the back of the relationship between Philo and Vignette. And this is the episode that really makes you start to care about their relationship. The plot is really cool. The world building is really cool in the first two episodes, but this is the part that really makes people attached to the show. This is the second time I've seen this episode for the first time, and I thought it was phenomenal. I love it. I can't wait to see more of these two characters now. Yeah, what a, what a great episode. I'm glad as the veterans, you guys decided to make this a one-off for the pod because mm-hmm. this standalone episode is great. We're just going to dive right into the whole thing. It was great with learning everything that we needed to learn, and it was great as a rook because there's really only like four names I need to memorize. And right, <laughs> you know, finally, and I, I have memorized. Seems... I'm good. I'm good now. So yeah, flashback episodes are what dreams are made of. They really are. Uh, this is the episode that made me go, okay, sure, yeah, I'm in. This mm-hmm. is good. Honestly, just a beautiful episode visually as well. Like it's a really intense episode for just like they're like meet cute and like oh they're falling in love but like visually what a gorgeous episode definitely well. a kathleen episode with Ooh, the love. So. yeah, yeah we, we have some scenes specifically set up for kathleen to walk <laughs> us through. but i do yeah. want to say that i think vignette steps up so much after this episode Big i time. care way more about her in the next five episodes going forward than the initial impression i i liked her because i've already seen the show before in the first two but i could see how people don't and that's i think what you said kathleen you you gravitated more towards philo i yeah. think kyle you said the same thing early on but this is the episode that allows vignette to become a fan favorite it's really adding layers to philo as well like mm-hmm. you all the things you find out about him really speak to how closed off he is later when we're at carnival row actually so let's get into it let's just do yeah. it all right so first scene we have a actually a really nice shot there's an army of burgishmen who are marching through what they tell us is the Tyrannese Highlands in the kingdom of Anun. So, it's a hard way. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other. Yeah. Be your soldiers of the bird. Of the bird. So, quick so good. Payoff for Darius and Philo's scene in the last episode. And I hope you guys agree, but I think Darius is an awesome character. Yeah. He gets a lot more depth in this episode, of course, because he's such a focus. And now you feel bad for him oh, because yeah. you know why he's locked up. Mm-hmm. And Philo still respects their their bond because he says in the second episode, it easily could have been me in, yeah. that, in that cage. So this is such a good way to show that their bond is, is deep. It's a brotherhood of soldiers. Very interesting because as a rook, I assumed they had to make a decision that got them in trouble or something, you know, yeah. and, and it was Darius that took the blame and he's the one in jail now. So it's very interesting to figure out that this is actually the backstory for Darius. So I watched this episode twice today, and I know we're not at this part, but the first time around, I thought Darius had been a werewolf for a while because he really came to terms with it very fast. When he was on the beach and woke up, he's like, don't worry, I got a handle on it. Like, if that's your first morning well, waking up next to a dead-ass elk, I am not. I don't have a handle on it, do we're you? We're going to talk about no, that well, because that's, there's implied time yeah, shifts. Yeah, they show like the, the days and everything, mm-hmm. the season's shifting, so yeah. there's time. And he also talks about how he knows he's going to be shitting rubber and bones and stuff, so that means he must have already okay. been a werewolf a yeah. few times. Okay, okay, that's what I assumed, and yeah. then on the second watch, I kind of went, okay, well, maybe 
maybe he did just turn into yeah. Adam. Anyway, we'll get to it. But Philo with that flow, baby. Yeah. That boy Philo. I know. If he wasn't already handsome enough. Right? If he wasn't already my type enough. I feel like Orlando Bloom can pull off anything he wants. Mm. He's got this. The, his beard is splotchy. It's not a good beard, but he looks phenomenal still. Like, come on. Yeah, I didn't know I loved him so much. Like, Jesus. He's got the muzzy, but he, he's got patches all over. But all of us, but I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm growing my patch beard now. I mean, I mean that is the exact beard that I grow. So uh, I don't know how I feel about the way you were just talking about it. Well, I, I think you look great too, Kyle. Thanks, boss. We appreciate that. Thank you, Senpai. So, yes, we have a Sergeant Philo, Darius, and a man named Winshaw. That's all they give us is Winshaw. He appears to be like the head guy because they kind of defer to him to make the big decisions. The whole squad basically rolls up to the gates of this it's it's a mimicry, but at the time it looks like a, like a kingdom, a castle. I, I have uh, it a sanctuary kind it's of. Like a typical Fae city, we gotta assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it it is a mimicry, technically, right? I think. Because yeah. she says this is a spiritual maybe, place or something. Or maybe it's a mimicry in a village. I don't know. This is my issue with the world building a little bit in the show. <laughs> Not clear enough. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the armies, or the army rather, is eventually let in. They wave a flag. The the fairies, the Fae, know that they are Burgishmen, and Winshaw kind of takes the lead. Like I said earlier, he explains that due to the Tain Treaty between the Kingdom of Anun and the Berg, that the 13th Light Dragoon are going to commandeer the Mimissary because there is a nearby telegraph line that they need to defend. Yeah, it, it's it's like a lot is happening and, and they look up and the Fae are circling above them like fucking Dementors. Like hundreds of them. It's, yeah. really, it's really a dope scene. But I was surprised that Mima, uh, the, the kind of Fae queen who's so dope and being her for Halloween next year. <laughs> Mima <Rusin. laughs> That's my catchphrase. It's just like conduct yourselves accordingly. Like this is a holy place. Conduct yourselves accordingly. I thought she was going to be like, fuck out of here no it says a lot with the history of the war with the pack that she's so willing to accept some foreigners help when there's such a stigma against burgishmen Mm -hmm. that the pact are just cunts yeah and everyone fucking hates them and i do want to say this now while while i'm just thinking this on the tip of my tongue i didn't even put this together and i knew the show was coming this way but in the first scene of the first episode when we kept talking about the the big ass dogs yeah they were all just werewolves i was gonna bring that up that is ridiculous yeah so and they're on leashes and shit so they're just they're just injecting themselves turning werewolf and then being being on leashes yeah. yeah yeah That, I was going to ask crazy. that question because I, I didn't go back to the one to make sure that was the same thing. And then later in the episode, at the very end, we find out that the pack also have these goddamn airships. Yeah. Like, they are such a force to be reckoned with in this world. They feel so advanced warfare technologically compared to what everybody else is dealing with. Mm-hmm. So that's why Mima Rusin was so willing to be like, okay, you guys can stay. Doesn't even fight it. Right. Yeah. Totally. So Vets, is she, like Kathleen was saying, she's a queen. Is that right? Or is she just the spiritual leader of the town? Like, I don't, I'm. No, I think that was, uh, I think she was using that as a slang term. Like, yes, queen. Oh, well. Unless you weren't. I wasn't. I was calling her the Fae Queen like she is the leader. I'm, I uh, was calling her like the de facto leader. Of she is the same position. Do you remember um, episode two, last episode, the woman who comes to the police station mm-hmm. to give uh, Ashling the burial rights? Yes. She yep. has the same level of. I'm Got it. Not, not like authority, but that, that's like her position. You know, she's just she's basically like a high priestess. Right, right. And okay. I would say in that area, because it is the mimicry, the village is built around the, the mimicry that she, you know, would take the lead. Right. Mm-hmm. So speaking of taking the lead, we have Minshaw again. Oh, yeah, I'm going to Winshaw. Winshaw, yeah. 
Uh, he is basically, he tells Philo to get all the soldiers, search everywhere inside of the town because he thinks that there could be fey gorillas who are fighting for the pack that are hidden there. Philo's like, dude, you're bugging. All these people here are refugees. Guy's not having it because he's clearly paranoid about the war and everything. So Philo turns around and basically says, tells Darius, just you take the buildings. I'll take the land. This guy's freaking out. Yeah. So now we learn that there are packed fey. Did we know that before prior? And are they enslaved or are they fey that give themselves up? They're like, yeah, I want to be part of the pack, dude. I mean, I guess this might be something you guys can't tell us, but I feel like they would have to be controlled or enslaved somehow because Mm -hmm. why else would they join? Because the whole point of the pact is that you're under us and we're going to destroy you to that species. The only way I would hesitate to agree with that is because the fey are technically a race, but they have kingdoms just like the humans do. So, I mean, we only get the story from the perspective of the Berg and people that are aligned with the Berg. So I would say my guess would be that there's actually Faye that work with them willingly. But I want to also say, he says something when he's talking to Philo, he's like, this place, he's saying he does not like the place he's saying it's filled with corners and shadows. And I thought that was a really cool way of saying the fact that this place is just hidden nooks and crannies mm-hmm. everywhere. And that, that's why they need to explore everything and don't don't miss anything. And we know he comes across the library, which is in a nook and a cranny or like a shadow or a corner. And I thought that was a cool way of painting. Both times I watched it, it like made my ears perfect. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine they can have anything hidden all they have? All you have to do is make it up in the air somewhere like where the only the fake can fly to and they could be hiding just like the library pretty much is. Yeah, that's ironically how Philo discovers the libraries because he sees the tracks in the snow and he sees they just disappear. So he right. looks right up, mm-hmm. finds the nook, get, makes his way up there. And, guy's a great climber, oh, man. Yeah, he I was not one, going to be deterred. last thing. He makes a point saying Fort Tarlington. He's like, we lost a lot of good men that, that day. I didn't know. I just wanted to say it just in case it comes back at yeah. some point as a rook. I would like to just say that I clocked that in my brain. I appreciate you. Thank you. But yes, our sexy mute cute is coming up. So we're inside (laughs) this little crevice that Philo found Mm -hmm. and he starts walking through and he eventually makes his way to the inner chamber with a torch. And what he sees there is just a random book on this pedestal in this small circular room. He goes up to it. He starts reading it. I don't think he gets too deep into it before out of nowhere, a fae drops down behind him and puts a knife to his throat. And of course, it's our girl vignette. Nothing like a hot girl with a knife to your throat. Am I right? It's like the second time in three episodes. I really like her knife. Her little curved blade. I like that too. So this is their first meeting and she's rightfully pissed that a stranger that just arrived in their city is going through into their sacred library. This is, we find out later, she is the sworn protector of this library and she's not supposed to let any of the knowledge get into the hands of the wrong people. So of course she's just pissed at this guy and she just starts threatening him saying, I'm going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. But what is it that turns her? Because she eventually does say, just get out. He promises. Well, he says, you can either kill me or... He's saying, if you kill me, they're going to find this place looking because, for yes, me and you'll you see the blood or you can just learn to trust me. Yeah, they're going to come looking for my the missing person yeah. and find this place or you can trust me. Good. All she right. comes in hot. She's like, there are books in this room that are older than the first words your oafish species ever uttered. I love that line. <laughs> lit. Mm-hmm. So lit. But she's aggressive. Hot, this is the part where I took note in the episode where Vignette looked extra beautiful hot, compared hot. to what she was in the first two episodes. And me and Jimmy were talking about before. I don't know if it's the hair and 
and she just looks lighter hair or something. I don't know, but she looks fantastic in, throughout this whole episode. Mm-hmm. They both do. I mean, he is so calm and hot and smooth in this scene. <laughs> and he's not even flinching with this knife and, and this girl he's never met before, like different species. He's like, okay. He's like, we're going to get through species? this. Species? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Their, uh, their kind of interaction further kind of sells that point we were talking about with the Mima earlier that technically there's like an agreement between the Fae and the Berg, but they don't really like each other. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's like, you're, she immediately thinks the worst of him. You're going to take the book. You're going to take him back to the Berg and put him in some fucking museum for these assholes. We don't like, she clearly is like Bergishman are not to be trusted. And Mima Rusin completely agrees. She tells Vignette, you're going to watch this guy and make sure he keeps his word and doesn't tell his commanding officers anything about what he saw there. And that's when we get a montage of, it seems like days are passing of Vignette just casually being around. Wherever Philo is, he's just doing random things throughout his day. She's always in the corner watching as she was instructed to. Mm-hmm. But this is where you could tell she's starting to not only be uh, fulfilling her mission, she's getting interested in him. She's mm-hmm. picking up on his habits and she's just studying what she thinks is a Burgishman. Mm-hmm. So. He's hot, man. He's just fucking reading with his fucking breakfast. Like, look at this smart, you know, interesting, intelligent man. He's not on his cell phone or anything. He's scrolling through Twitter. Yeah. He's reading a book. He keeps his word and he doesn't tell Darius about the library. And then they get word that something got fucked up in the defense. That line is down and they have to go fix it. And Philo suggests that a fake could do it and that he knows one that would. So they take V uh, to string it. Ends up all good. I really thought something bad was going to happen mm-hmm. when she was flying across with the with the rope or whatever. They the were worried it was. it was a trap. Well, I guess yeah. it is. With the well, yeah, correct. they have the music playing when she's flying over yeah, the thing I too. Yeah, shots at her or something like. When yeah, she, I'm just imagining her being hooked up to a harness, zip lining for that shot because you know that's how they shot it. Yeah, for and sure. I think my biggest complaint about this episode might be how willing she was to accept to to go on this mission for them because I just said it. You could tell she's starting to get interested. But that feels like a jump to where she's just willing to do a full mission for them, especially because she seemed like a more aggressive fae compared to other, you know, people in the city. So I don't know. That that was a little weird that it didn't feel like it developed enough where she was just gonna help their the soldier's mission so quickly. I but. feel like I feel like it would have been a great scene if they showed him convincing her to do it. Yeah. To I show agree. like her just a quick conversation. Yeah, yeah. And just make it be him that makes her say yes. Mm-hmm. I I thought he was gonna be like, I didn't say anything about your library. You kinda owe me this type would, of thing. I think that's that, dialogue yeah. would have been enough. I think that's what you have to assume because no conversation was shown, yeah. but it would have been nice to see it. Yeah. But I die over the fact that they are now bonding over a fucking romance novel. Oh my God. This is the real start of the romance. It's amazing. It's a scientific romance. Yeah. I'm like, and oh my God, is he the love of my life? <laughs> this book we go to find out is called the title of the episode Kingdoms of the Moon. Mm-hmm. We don't have to really retell the story of it, but it, it's just about different races and then there's there's love involved and it's kind of a synonym for not a synonym but metaphor symbolism i don't know what i'm going for of what is happening in the show between these two a rogue Mm -hmm. inventor journeys to the moon and falls in love with a princess of a lunar tribe and then they talk about it for a bit and he convinces her to take the book kind of by throwing it at her because she's like fuck off um but she finally tells her him that her name is vignette Mm-hmm. And this I, is the book. Sorry, this is the book that Vignette has in the first scene yep, with her when she's on the picture. when she's on the boat with the Philo's picture. Yeah, Seven I years. really love how they they took the time to explain how he gets to the moon in the book. How he makes mm-hmm. like a big steel capsule and like puts himself in a cannon and shoots himself out of the stratosphere. And that's exactly how someone in like the industrial revolution would think about space travel. Yep. 
Yeah. Because they have no concept of fucking jet fuel and shit. It's just like really funny. I like that. Also, great romance scene because it opens up with our boys, Philo and Darius, checking each other out through their sniper scopes. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, kind of gives them a thumbs up and waves. I'm like, look at them checking each other out. Yeah. So then, correct me if I'm wrong, they're looking through those scopes and see, and we see the other people looking through scopes at them as yes. well. The three the three dudes that end up being naked. The pack The pack boyos. Yeah. 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 They start checking our boys out and then they start getting naked. Yeah. And they're shooting themselves up with that good, good. They're getting well in that werewolf scene. Well. And I, my note is show us your penises, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> they must be they must be wrapping those dicks up because Darius too when he bends down yeah. it, you would see his schlong or or both. <laughs> Big time. Would. The way when they sh- you get a frontal shot of Darius yeah, naked, but shadow, it's, it's shadow. I'm yeah, so sad. Sure, yeah I definitely will though. admit that I was spamming the Brighton button on my laptop. Come on, let me just say they definitely use some butt doubles because they had a nice muscular back and ass, and then all of a sudden they turned forward, and I'm expecting these guys to be buff, and this they're they're just like some normal dudes. I'm like, that's, you're using a body double. That's so embarrassing. Like, ah, oh, buddy, your back's not built enough. Like. Yeah. You slide out for this part and then slide back in for this part. Yep. They literally have zero lines and turn into wolves immediately, yeah, and yet them... they needed a body yeah, double right. to yeah. just hire the body double. Exactly. Let's, let's quickly talk about let's the, get the rules body doubles of on the, the wolf's curse now that we can. X, Y, and Z. Now we know a little bit about it. So this, I guess that, that must have been the first time they've ever turned into a werewolf, right? Because I guess the way you can turn into a werewolf is if you inject yourself and force yourself into it, or if you're bitten by someone that's already a werewolf. On a full and then the full moon will turn. And you. then the full moon turns you. So these guys, that was the first time they became a werewolf ever, or else you don't. How do you? Yeah, because is it does it run out and you turn back, or do you just not? You inject yourself and now you're a werewolf forever no, until I, you die. No, I think no, you no. turn back. You have to be because. But, but what makes turn you turn back? Like you know, like a regular werewolf, you just let it leave your body. It's I probably guess. if you if it's moon induced, it's going to be as soon as the moon goes away. But if it's the first time you're injecting yourself, there's probably just a little. Think about it as a drug. I mean, you shoot yeah, up like, heroin like and then you come down and you just shoot it up again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so that means they could have been where it was before, right? Yeah. I was going to say that. Forcing yourself it. to be it again. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they show like a second of hesitation. They look at each other and then do it. Whatever. These guys are weirdos either way. <laughs> so uh, we flip to vignette now reading. She's flipping through the pages and then we hear wolf howls. We hear men screaming. We get gunshots. So Philo runs to the other side of the ravine where Darius and the squad were. Finds, you know, a bleeding horse. We got a couple dead bodies and he peeks down. It's a ravine, I guess. You know, it's a, it's a cliff, whatever. Yeah. And sees someone getting eaten by one of these werewolves. So that thing turns around and the CGI I thought was great when it's mm-hmm. like wall jumping off both the things coming up and he's missing the shots finally at the last second naturally kills it and then he gets taken by another one. So he is kind of leaning off the cliff fighting it off with his gun and who else saves him but Vignette. Yeah. She puts like a, I don't even know it, was, it wasn't a sword. Yeah. I don't even know. Right through the eye. Yeah, yeah it was needle. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. And then they kind of have a moment together. They look into each other's eyes for a little bit. Darius emerges from the same crack that Philo just killed the first one from, covered in blood, but like mm-hmm. a badass goes, it's not mine. Yeah, but you I know ran one I down did. and killed it. Did you? You yeah, knew right I, away? I, I assume that's that's what they always say. Like walk, walking dead, man. Yeah, they get like, bitten, they hide that shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've seen enough Walking Dead to know that guy got bit. That's true. I, I didn't clock it the first time. I was just like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, because they go right into the village after and they're talking with Winshaw and they're telling him about the werewolves and he says, did anyone else get bit? And of course, Darius steps up and said, not anyone that's alive. Right. Obviously being an asshole lying about it. Yeah. But this is where we find out it's called The Wolf's Curse, mm-hmm. which I like better than just werewolf. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. And, you... But we do watch the wolf turn back into a man as he's dying. So they're just like, Jesus, because yeah. that visual makes them go, oh, shit, because yeah. they're like, there's no moon. The fuck? Yeah. yeah. So and they brought the needles back, mm-hmm. the syringes back with their clothes. Yeah. Would you uh, would you admit you got bitten? No, mm-hmm. no. I yeah, would admit, dude. Yeah. I what, would about, totally... what about in a zombie apocalypse? You would admit it? No, nah, I would admit I'd start killing as many people as I can before I turn. <laughs> you Fuck know what you, I think about? <laughs> before you turn, why? <laughs> That's so absurd. <laughs> start killing people, dude. You know what I think it's about over. often in The Walking Dead you die, um, die, for die. one second is that, to get off topic, but when they'd be like walking through the woods and see zombies that hung themselves people in an apocalypse yeah, thinking they let me kill myself but they didn't realize it was in the air so since they didn't put like a bullet through their head they're just alive they're hanging there, forever yeah. as a zombie yeah. that's fucking torture that's bad or they or they're or they're bit and then they hang themselves to die and Either now they're way. hanging mm-hmm. yeah it's ridiculous oh yeah you that's know what a good point. yeah to keep on this tangent you know what i think about a lot when i think about the zombie stuff is world war z when brad pitt they're yeah. in like jerusalem and the chick he's with gets bit and he just immediately no like just muscle Soul memory reaction just cuts her arm right off. Yeah, right I would never react that fast. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I, I feel I talk about this a lot when I'm drunk sometimes, and I ask people <laughs> that question: Could you have done it? And everyone, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, I could have done it." There's no fucking way. Could you have your arm chopped off, or could you be the one to chop the arm off? What What's the question? I could you be the one to chop it off? I could chop it off, but I couldn't be the. I, I don't know. Like I, but, I would just like close my eyes and chop. But like for to, to get my own arm chopped off, I would be like. Holy shit. Well, he does it so quick that she doesn't. Oh, no, not that quick. Yeah. By the way, Kathleen, World War Z, guess who the wife is? I can't guess. There's so many women. Our favorite girl from the killing. (gasps) Murray? Yeah. I love her. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Yep. I don't even know if she's done anything else since then. I got her that nice movie and then. Wait, she was the main girl. The main girl. The redhead. Yeah. She um had a ABC show, Shondaland ABC show to herself. It was awesome. It got two seasons and then canceled. I did not know that. God. They like canceling shows you like. And everyone's it's like when you watch every show in the world one's bound to get canceled every once mm-hmm. in a while that makes sense all right anyway. so back to this show <laughs> so we have a uh, philo eating lunch on the edge of i guess it's a cliff i feel like cliff ravine i don't know which one to use and vignette pops up and says hey i finished the book philo eating off a knife is hot for me it was a fish right i thought it, was, it looked like i thought you said like a fish and he was taking pieces yeah, of it with it a knife like butter on. i don't even know but yeah they have this sweet ass conversation about this book she loves it I, the book is obviously drawing parallels what we were talking about their lives and what they're living and um but i love when british people say gods i was sobbing gods. yeah she was just so passionate about the book that you knew that she was just so into philo after reading that mm-hmm. and just identifying with so much yeah He's a it, sensitive guy oh, it's yeah. interesting too that she doesn't like it or she's bored by it in the beginning when it's just the whole story of he goes to the moon and falls in love but then when it turns into the kid is born and tries to find the father that's that's when she's all all in yeah and Philo's sitting there listening like, holy shit, I yeah. identify with half I know that game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, 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 line, the line of the scene is, he goes, I'm so pleased that you like it. Are you that you liked it? Then she goes, I loved it. And he's like, ooh. I love you. She loved it. Also, super nice guy. He's like, take it. 
Yeah. And she's like, well, you'll never have your copy. I can get a million back at the Berg, baby girl. Yeah, baby girl. This is like a conversation I have with many people. That joy that he's feeling that his favorite thing she also loved. I'm like, this is me. This is the only thing I care about is watching TV shows yeah. and telling people about exactly. them and hoping That's that they such love a good it. Parallel. That's my television. It's why we have a TV podcast. <laughs> Christ. Mm, that is why. So after so, this talk, Vignette decides to bring Philo back to the sacred library. And it's called the and what she tells him is it's the largest library in the kingdom of Anown. And that's pretty badass in itself. But they go back to the center room where she, where they met in the first place. And Philo does the whole ignorant. Oh, is there another room? Like, where are all the books? And she says, you think you think like a human or a burgish man. And she just starts flying straight up in the air. And you just see the layers and layers and layers of all these books. And it just kind of puts it into an epic proportion of why it's such a sacred library to the Fey people. Mm-hmm. She and- calls him a fan Troy. What does that mean? She goes, fan Troy, you only think in two dimensions. They bring that up twice. And I still like that's another thing about the world building that they, they're missing on. I don't know what that even means. I liked it anyway. It's like. I- it seems like a dig at him being like almost like you simpleton you only think in two dimensions yeah it just seems like like a fairish word for a human being it's like mm-hmm. leggers with da- da- yeah but, but probably like in their ancient or high language yeah so what vignette goes to show philo is she wants to reshow him the book that he saw in the earlier scene written about the first time philo's species being the bergman the humans have stepped foot in Tiernanok, is that correct? And that was roughly 700 years ago. This is where they start talking about the similarities between the kingdoms of the moon book that Philo gave her and this book that was written by the the Fey people back in the day. And this is just kind of a cool, passionate speech. They just go back and forth talking about it, how Vignette's obsessed with the idea that that information could have gotten around to one part of the world and it comes back and meets it where it's in its origin and, and down the line in the future. What did you think about that speech? I thought it was awesome. I mean, that was that's the thing where, you know, you were saying in the beginning of this episode how this adds so many layers to Vignette and... In the first two episodes, you just get that typical hard-headed, put a knife to your throat because you left me, girl. You know, I'll just, I'll do anything. I'll go get the flag. You don't really see too much of her except for that one layer. And now it's adding the layers with the book first. Obviously, she's some kind of, she's a scholar or at least appreciates literature because she's the keeper of the library. So, I mean, and her whole speech, I just thought it was a great layer to her character. Yeah, I mean, they're basically just saying her, the book he loves is parallel to this book that she knows and that they're they're crossing and they're basically the same they're written by different people but it's the same story it's i mean it's dope all right so i'm gonna check in here with my wikipedia and youtube searches so the story that she tells is basically a man washes ashore falls in love with the queen there's some nice pictures in the book of them banging he leaves but leaves the queen with a child who's a half-blood tir nanak is the name of the continent in the show tir nanag I could be pronouncing that wrong, is um, from Irish mythology. It's basically what's known as like the, the Celtic or the Celtic other world. So the story of Tyr Nanag is that there is a woman from that world who came to Ireland. She met a man. They fall in love. They go back to Tyr Nanag. They stay there for three years. He gets homesick, leaves, but he doesn't realize that it was three years in Tyr Nanag, but it was 300 years in Ireland. So when he touches foot back on the ground, all his ages, you know, all those years catch up to him and he dies. It's just interesting that what she says is that he left and no one knows what happens to him or what happened to him. So basically, it's the same exact story. Yeah, it's, it's strong foreshadowing, too, because when she tells the story he jumps in when they say the part where uh, he left her with a child. He says half blood. He brings, he's the one who says it himself. Mm -hmm. 
interrupts yeah. her and says it. And your flag was already going off at this yeah. point. You kind of were getting that. Did Kathleen, were you picking up on him talking about like being a half blood and stuff? I truly didn't pick it up until it was spoon. So, that's so awesome. let me tell you yeah. let me tell you guys a funny story. So and this is a funny story. No, it's not that good actually. But I last episode, podcast episode. I was thinking while we were talking, what if he's like Faye? And then, I, but in my own head, I was like, "Oh, Jim, you're a freaking dumbass." We've seen him without a shirt on like three times, so he's he's whatever. And then when they said half blood, I was like, "Why are they saying that like that?" And then you know, as it's happening, I caught it with the scars. Well, neither stuff, of but... you really caught on to the uh, onto the conversation at the end of episode two after Vignette stole the flag, and she was saying, "I'm gonna do they know? Do the other people know? I'm yeah. gonna tell your secret." Yeah. See, I always just I just assume the secret was that you're banging a fae yeah, yeah and yeah. then i said i think it's something deeper than that yeah, yeah. so uh but and i also thought and sorry to interrupt you kelly i also thought that it could have been something with the darius thing like maybe he was mm-hmm. guilty of whatever it was too and he could have also been in jail whatever i'm happy that neither of you guys yeah. predicted that he was going to be parfait because they do show earlier in the season and i think it was episode one when porsche after he bangs porsche for the first time she's like touching his back and saying like what are these scars yep. and he just blows it off as uh war wounds or something yeah. like that he says a long time ago for dark times yeah. you know, i was yeah. looking right at you guys as we were talking <laughs> about that part to see if like any of you guys had any thought no, no i i'll clueless. tell you not even for a second that i think they're wings or anything yeah i'm not the best at guessing things <laughs> like right. i i'm very like i love to be analytical but i also just like love being surprised so i'm not truly trying to i'm like oh yeah i do love calling things too though that adds a cool dimension to philo too because now we don't know how old he is either i mean he could be around for way longer than we thought too right true because, because he's yeah, the fairies age differently yeah mm-hmm. because when he asks her how old are you she says that's you know all oh, that's just that's telling you know and we already know that the singer was 90 and she looked young mm-hmm. so our boy Philo could be a hot ass 200 year old <laughs> Faye or something. Hmm. Uh, Mima Rusin and Winshaw find out the bad news that a Faye settlement a little bit north of their location fell to the pact terribly. And Mima offers to help instantly. What does she t- say she's going to she do? She says they're not going to be able to get the blood there. And then she kind of donates the wings of the Faye being like, so, we could help to bring get medical supplies, basically. And the blood, the yeah. blood that they need. Right. Because they're saying we're way too, we're way too far away to help. This is, if you were going to guess it ever, this is the moment you guess that he's half Faye because he is literally creeping. Philo's creeping around the corner, hearing them talk. We need blood. Everybody available needs to give blood. And he's like, Yeet, not my blood. I'm half bad. Yeah, exactly. I caught I, I definitely caught it when he was talking to the, the guy without a leg. And I mean I guess that's when you're supposed to start catching it. Mm-hmm. Still over my head. Second watch, I was like, that's a clue. That's a yeah. clue. That's a clue. So like you're saying, as soon as Philo heard that the call for blood was happening, he goes away back to the library, and then this is when we get the nice make out fairy sex Woo-hoo. scene. Doing which it. I know, I know this Paul is would have loved a hot scene. I never even understood the advantage that wings could give you. I need hmm. a pair ASAP. And wings also, there's something erotic about him. He's feeling her wings up while they're banging. That like, scene also made me laugh because the, the wings were obviously not there when they were recording. So yeah. his hand is just kind of flat. And you can tell he was just waving his hands in there. Yeah. And they tried to fit the wings within his hand while like the CGI of it all. Well, Still hot. What I got from that was that's a little bit of foreshadowing to when he's talking to her after he says that, that he's a half-blood. 
that he can feel his wings yep. sometimes, just like the shadow limbs. So I thought he was really just saying like, this is what I should have on my back and mm. appreciating the wings that yeah. he doesn't, that he no longer has. See, I was thinking of it like, wow, do you think there's like nerve endings in those wings? That's what, like, I, so- that's what I was doing. I thought he was playing a little fiddle. Over. <laughs> but we also get when she's super into it. I don't even know if it's specifically when she orgasms or if it's just feeling really yeah. good. They shine, she get didn't really use, blue. And- she didn't use tourmaline's move, I was going to say. I was waiting yeah. for it. Tourmaline fakes it, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Say, um, it's a tell for her that she didn't get off. Yeah. <laughs> that's but- so that's so funny. Is he's like, you didn't light up this time. She's like, sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> In there, sister. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this is when I think we get our uh. biggest time jump of the episode mm-hmm. because that scene ends with them just you know, pillow talking a little bit. Ooh, can I add one little thing? Yeah, go ahead. So they're cuddling, talking about the beads in her hair, what they represent. Um, that's that's what I was going to get oh, at. Oh, okay. That the, after they, they bang the first time, it skips to them in a bed mm-hmm. talking again. And this yeah. is when they oh, have okay. that conversation. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So what you can insinuate is t- a lot of time has been going on. They've been banging for a while. And we can also piece together some of the clues that Darius, I took from Darius's wolf transformation, transformation later that, months have been going yeah. by this is like a typical world war ii state oh, yeah. of like a soldier going over there and finding a love so that's it's not obvious and this is again always what, some of the complaint is the subtle world building but kathleen i think that's what wasn't explicit but i think you just have to assume is that this is months in the future of they're pretty much already together and all that but this is also the scene where they have another conversation before the the spoon feed of the half-blood about his scars right mm-hmm. or is this it this is exactly it right this is exactly it and um so they, they're talking about the beads in her hair, what they represent. I just want to bring it up because the mm-hmm. last one's like, this is what you give away when you fall in love. When you give your, like, heart. When you give your heart away, whatever. And then they moved on to the scars. That's the necklace he had in the second episode. Yep, that's what too. I was Do you remember that? Yeah, because at the end of this episode, she gives it to him mm-hmm. before yeah, yeah, they yeah. separate the yeah, right. Love, love. <laughs> don't we all? I was going to say don't she, we all. But... It took her a while to give her that, to give him that bead, man. I know that's a special bead, but... She no, gave, she that was her, like they were still together. It was an appropriate amount of time, a couple months. She gave, so her, she gave her flowers to him earlier than her than her heartbeat. <laughs> How do you know she was Slut. a virgin? <laughs> Jimmy gave Steph a promise ring on the first date. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jimmy's currently rocking a chastity belt. Yeah. <laughs> Saving himself for marriage. They do talk this, about the scars though. Yeah. He again, Don, he gives her the same story that he gives Portia earlier. Well, a little bit. Well, he doesn't say a war wound, he just says, I don't remember. Yeah, he's he like, dodges oh. the question again, basically, and then she goes, "Well, I got a scar or whatever," and he's like, "Where?" And she goes, "Well, you got to find it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a hot move. Yeah, You're right, and can... that takes us to the next day because we're we're gonna get to that mic drop. Moment. Yeah, this yeah. takes us to a super relevant scene. Is this is when he's ha- he has the chat with the fairy, um, who has the one leg, and mm-hmm. the guy says to him, "You know, it might sound crazy, but sometimes I feel like it's still there." And he says, "It doesn't sound crazy at all." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get Winshaw, you know, being low key, passive aggressive, racist. You know, so what do you think about these fae? And he's yeah. like, you know, whatever. They're not bad. They have a long history. They've they've been around so much longer than we have. And he's like, well, why don't you think that they have a good industry and an economy and stuff? And he just says that. Perhaps they've pursued different ends to ours. And then he gives, yeah, Philo's just a fucking man. Yeah. And then the guy's like, he basically almost gives the longer Bane speech. Yeah, they're all about like adultery, fornication, all that crazy shit. That's what they're after. Basically, Winshaw knows that he's fucking Vignette and he's just giving him like a very passive aggressive warning about it. We shouldn't get too deep into their culture and get tricked by it. He's like, oh, I'm pretty freaking deep, man. <laughs> Both sides are kind of doing that too. We've got Vignette's people being like, mm, 
what's gonna happen after you sure like tread carefully tourmaline. and then his guys that, are that's like, about to happen to more with tourmaline yeah. oh fuck yeah. the tourmaline entrance are oh, girl hold on, hold on. Where I think there's a couple my... bombshells of tourmaline that i want to talk about i like tourmaline <laughs> no yeah. okay yeah. i called out the sexual tension last yeah, dude i didn't even remember that and that was such a good call so so <laughs> we you. call all right well you know we'll if i'm it. gonna call anything it's sexual attention yeah. i can't wait until all the siblings in the show also bang and i can shove that oh my god imogen is not banging her brother dude imogen and ezra for life before we get into tourmaline, we got to talk about our boy Darius. Yeah. So Darius slips out of the uh, the uh, mimicry, and Philo follows him because he sees mm-hmm. it happen. Uh, we watch Darius strip down. You know, we pulled out our looking glass for his penis, didn't get it, but we do watch him turn actually turned this time mm-hmm. and philo watches on in horror as all he, in front of a full moon mm-hmm. yeah as he gallops away as the new as that, technically they're called they're called marix but i like werewolf better Ooh, yeah really i didn't pick that i up. didn't catch that either well that's like you know classic because they don't yeah. fucking tell you that yeah, right. <laughs> so it's another tell that he's done this before because he gets there you know he stops at the tree looks up he says all right now you can take me or whatever he says so he knows what's yeah coming. good call yeah i was i don't know why i was wondering so hard whether he had been it before because i think you're right it really is an issue of not knowing what this timeline has been mm-hmm. uh this episode that's why you got the vets here for us to fill in the gaps but i will I say that, that i definitely went into this episode podcast episode thinking that that was the first time that he turned (laughs) (laughs) don't admit that on the podcast come on we're transparent we're honest (laughs) yeah so he finds him on the shore the next day the next Next morning morning, and i was assuming it was his first time as well kai and i'm like can you imagine the scaries of waking up just on blood and being like oh shit next to a Um, dead deer yeah Yeah. right in the eyes when you wake up (laughs) i had some rough mornings at penn state but nothing like this yeah right Uh, i don't know i might have been pretty close (laughs) but this is another show example of how accepting philo is Mm -hmm. i mean he's just throwing the clothes out of being like bro yeah he's like it's not what it looks like how could it be anything other than exactly what it looks like this yeah. this is where we get the two boys airing out all of their issues that they've both gotten since coming to the war we have you know darius is is worried about what's going to happen when he goes back to the berg he knows that if they find out i'm a critch who can make other people critch they're mm-hmm. going to hate me as much as possible they don't care that i'm just normal and have this under control and then of course he's calling out philo for having his own issues saying that he's in love with one of the fae and he knows mm-hmm. he's gonna have to leave her one day right so they're just kind of you know they're both very aware it seems that they're as close as you can be and they're just soldier brothers and yep. that's that just explains more at the relationship they have when they in back in episode two and what it's like now in carnival road they mm-hmm. ride for each other and i fucking I mean, love oh, these the two he visits him every day every single day yeah and philo says you know in this scene he says i'll take care of it and yeah he's kind of fucking taking care of it but i the great quote of this scene is you know i'll be shitting bones and leather for a week Mm -hmm. but in the moment when the wolf comes out it's freedom Mm -hmm. it's like the wolf was what you were all along underneath it all and the bite was just permission to stop pretending such a good line. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, damn, that was fucking deep as fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. saying that the that Tiernanok and this and this I can't even say the word ministry. Ministry. <laughs> Minis- yeah, sure. The minister of magic. <laughs> this whole place is just so good for and freeing compared to what the Burgish lifestyle is. And Philo feels that, and you can tell he feels that by just how that he reacts to Vignette and just the whole society. The Amazon fact here it says that the wolf's curse is an atavistic an atavistic means something that turns something else into back to its ancient or ancestral form 
I mean, that's basically literally what he says. I just like that, uh, that that was like a little fact on this scene. Mm, that's cool. Where do you see those? So if you have the screen expanded, do you hit full screen to full screen it? Yeah. I just yeah. watch it on a TV. Top left corner says X-ray and you can drop it down. And it has all the characters that are in the scene. Mm-hmm. Facts. Mm-hmm. Amazon's cool like that. I like that they do that. It's also really big for this show. Roommates. That's so cool. Yeah. And they were roommates. And lovers. <laughs> <laughs> and lovers. Let's get her in here because as soon as the boys are done having their <laughs> guest star tourmaline. <laughs> Let's get her on the pod right here. So when the I would be so done. salty that I'm in South Carolina right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> we can Mid get pandemic, her. Yeah, we can get coronavirus. She's Hit here. us up, tourmaline. So when the boys are done with their conversation, we hear the phase blow the horn. They look at each other. They run back to the center of the city and they find out what's going on. What happened is there are a bunch of Fey refugees from a from a nearby city that just got invaded by the pact. And this is all that's left of them. And of course, we find out that Tourmaline from episodes one and two, the, the whore in Carnival Row, is here. She This is this is her reunion with Vignette since, I guess, college. <laughs> I loved this. She doesn't even look like herself without the blue hair. Better with the blue hair. I don't know that I would have picked her out of a lineup and said that's Tourmaline without the blue hair. It's not that I wasn't looking at her face in the last two because she's a hot girl and I was definitely looking at her face. I don't know what it is. I, I, she well, when, you co- when you first see her, she's all covered up. She has the hood over her and everything. Yeah. Then they start catching up in Vignette's room. Mm-hmm. She's like in the bath. They're having their conversation. And this is where I my whole comment is, ooh, Kathleen was right about the past sexual tension. Yeah. Ooh, V's just taking care of her. I mean, yeah. she says, like, she met someone and they're talking and because Tourmaline's kind of saying, I knew I had to get home to you. Like, I'm so regretful of how things ended with us. And she said, it never ended. It just changed. You're still my closest friend. And she's taking care of her. And it's really a sweet scene. Like, it mm-hmm. really is. And then it's the classic best friend. Maybe a little jealousy, but best mm-hmm. friend being concerned because she said she met someone. She said he's a Burgish soldier telling her about uh, Philo. And she's like, okay, well, what happened? happens when the war ends you dummy like he's literally just gonna bounce and marry some fat chick and have fat kids <laughs> yeah she was pissed about that yeah she's a little well, jealous and a little concerned that's a mix of both of them right yeah now. that was whack but i the funny thing a little cheeky line she says is that it's the oldest story there is mm-hmm. tales all this time and we know it is and we know it is because they have the 700 year old manuscript it's filer's book it's the story of this show you know so i like that little that little cheeky, cheeky line yeah, they threw that in. Was a good line I love calling things cheeky. <laughs> it's good. Uh, so yeah, and then she kind of yeah, she kind of convinces Vignette a little bit. Vignette at first is like, you know, you're wrong about him, and then her face kind of changes, and she's like, damn, maybe she's not wrong. That changes her whole demeanor. That's the rest of her personality change until the pact attack. Can mm-hmm. I tell you, being a girl, I have been swayed by my girlfriends where I'm like, no, it's fine, and then someone will be like, well, that was kind of really fucking annoying of him, and I'd be like. <laughs> You know what? You're fucking right. And then it changes your mood. It's bad. Girls have that effect on each I'm other. I'm going to get a knife and bring it over to Just like Philo hype and... each other up to be like, he's a piece of shit. And I'm like, you're right. She's is. getting out of the honeymoon phase and she's starting to look at it realistically and holistically, looking at the future and seeing what, what they're and tourmaline just kind of enabled her. And that takes us right to the next time Philo and Vignette are banging. She's this is what we <laughs> talked about earlier. The wings are just not doing the thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, those, are, those are sad wings. Yeah. yeah. He know, Philo was like, what the hell's going on here? And she's like, eh. I don't she, see any colors. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. But I love that he w- he was wondering. He obviously wants to wants her to have a good time, too. He's <laughs> like, I, I want to make sure you're doing it as well. Orlando Bloom is not used to chicks not having a good time. Yeah, it's an ego it's an ego hit for him, but he's also like, I think he genuinely yeah, cares yeah. as well. So. And he does because he asks her what's going on and she regurgitates the entire conversation with Tourmaline saying, yeah. what the hell's going to happen? What's our future looking like? And he's saying, I haven't really thought about it. And she goes and drops that line. What am I just this? Is this where she says the feck or the foreign? I'm just a the exotic fuck. fuck. The exotic, exotic fuck. fuck. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Is this just a funny line or is this foreshadowing? Because she says sometimes it doesn't happen. It usually only happens when you're with a fae, another fae. Is that what she says? Yeah. She said usually only other fae's can make you do that. And if, with him being like half. Oh. I mean, yeah, it's foreshadowing for but it's also, 15 I seconds from yeah. now. How did I yeah, but, uh, but I mean, it's also just funny because that's just like what all girls have to say. But like, I was just wondering. No, if, I mean, that's directly yeah. what this yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> because the, what he ends up saying, telling her is that he thinks of her way more than an exotic fuck he says you're like coming home and that completely throws her off she is just so into the idea (laughs) let's go (laughs) and that leads right into our mic drop moment that philo is half fey and Mm -hmm. vignette is fucking hooked everything about him she he could do no wrong at this point until he does you know it's cool. It's like the phantom limb syndrome that a lot of people have. I mean, he's he's talking about the soldier who lost the leg and he the soldier was telling him, I can still feel it. You must think I'm crazy. And he's like, I don't think you're crazy. Actually, that t- makes total sense. I've been- So we're supposed to believe that Philo has known his whole life that he's half fat. Yeah, 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 yeah because he says, like, his, it was when he's a baby. The headmaster and- knows. Mm-hmm. And she just had to keep it a secret. Oh, so, so he never knew up. his parents. He grew up in this this home with the headmaster that was very aware of his situation. But the headmaster never told anybody that he was half fake. So that would have fucked his whole life up. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to bring this up real quick. This is a flashback to uh, the the Unseelie Jack incident where that guy concussed him, basically. Remember, he threw the wrench at his head and then Unseelie... I was just going to say. Was, yeah, so they're in the room... It, after he throws the wrench at his head, he's basically fucked up and he's talking to Portia and she's like, you got to go to a doctor. You could be like, you know, concussed. And he says, I don't do doctors. Yeah, that no is doctors. directly because of this. He doesn't want a doctor examining his back, his mm-hmm. body, his blood, any of that. Because yeah, he literally, know he's a fit. yeah, he literally says no doctors at all. I've never been to the doctor because I can't they can't figure out I have any fake blood. But I was actually going to ask. He gets hit in the head with this hammer, right? Mm -hmm. And we were joking how he just kind of like shrugs it. Or Fey are supposed to be like stronger, right? No, they well, they have hollow bones. I don't know if he does because he's a half blood, but it should be worse. I was gonna say like maybe he could just take a better hit because he's miss half mystical, but whatever. He's got bitch bones. Wait, I Unsealy Jack's not his name. What's his name? I think it's Seamless Joe or something. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I was gonna say that, but I didn't know if you kept it in the last day. Yeah, but they have um they have a really sweet conversation about what it means for him to be half-blood. He basically says, half-bloods don't belong anywhere. You wouldn't really get it until you've been to the Berg, but people don't like half-bloods because they remind them of Faye, and Faye don't like half-bloods because they remind them of the boot that's on their neck. Mm-hmm. You know, and she kind of says to him, well, maybe, you know, your pa- I mean, your parents did it because they thought you could live a better life that way, which is a nice way to look at it. But he's kind of thinking, you know, what were my parents like? Was it a one night stand? Were they in love? All these things that all these questions that you would have. Oh, and she just doesn't really good. have the answers for him. It's really good. But she is full in. Like you said, Luke, she mm-hmm. is like, OK, I, that's all he needed to say for her to be like. 
And this just changes your complete outlook on Philo when he's in Carnival Row itself. Because now you know, was he just this nice inspector that was helping everybody exactly. out? But no, it's more that he is just a person of the world that he he's, he's a mix of Critch. He's a mix of human. And he just cares about everybody because he should. He's just a genuine person. See, that's interesting because it's like an argument where it's in episodes one and two, being unaware that he's half fae. I thought he was just really woke as a human, just a woke human being like, Come on, guys. What's <laughs> up, dude? There are people. We're people. Yeah. Yeah. But now, you know, he has some st- in some stock in Faye. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. okay. I mean, he's still an amazing dude. But it does take away some of his yeah. genuine yeah, stock. Right. <laughs> um, but it, it does. It makes me love him even more. But it does take away some of his like, wow, what a what a woke ass, bro. Mm-hmm. But let me just take a we have two more big scenes here, which is a quick poll to the two rooks. How did this I've been saying specifically that this is the whole carnival row season show is built on the backbone of their relationship are you guys like full in you love everything about this how how it's developed and does it explain how they both were reacting to nearly everything in the first two episodes from Portia to when she got back to the Berg? It's excellent. The it's only the makes only... the first two episodes better in hindsight, right? 100 yeah. percent But the only question I have is after you look at this whole third episode, I still don't know if I am down with her doing the whole I am so pissed you're alive that I'm going to go put a knife to your neck reaction. I feel like the reaction at the end of this episode where she's like, what's the deal? Asking him first should have been the first reaction. Faye, Faye, that's not what I'm going to say. Love makes you do crazy things. And he actively, after they did, they spent uh, allegedly months together. Yeah. Who's to say the timeline together, telling each other everything like he, she's the only person in the world besides the headmaster who knows he's Faye. And they said they were going to meet up and he lied. And like she thought she lost this thing and one and she says later she's like i i wanted to die like you thought you were saving me but then i wanted to die from like heartbreak and whatever it was yeah it's a betrayal yeah i mean it's a bad betrayal i buy it but at the same time vignette needs to watch some tv because she knows that he's just saving her she was never gonna kill him like she was doing it as a fuck you i'm aware that you fucked me over and that you're a piece of shit now and she wasn't gonna stab him i I still don't think that. that you're a piece of shit is the 100% correct because he actually warns her before the decision is made that we can never work and where are we going to go and this and this and that. It's not like he's saying, oh, exactly what Tourmaline thought. Like, oh, I'm just freaking done with you now. Let me just pretend to be dead and disappear. Let me tell you something. As someone who thought she had a very good two and a half year relationship with someone who cut me off completely, but still like we've had recent conversations where he's like, I'm doing this for you. Like, I don't want to like overstep. I don't want to do anything. Like I told him to his face. I was literally like you ignoring me for the last six months or not ignoring me, but just being completely different than you were the first two and a half years has made me think the first two and a half years were illegitimate. Like it makes me think that none of that was legit if you can act like this for this six months. And that's you know her point. I mean? She's saying, what, those months didn't count? Nothing Nothing was exactly. purposeful? Exactly. No, so I'm, I'm you, like, Kathleen. Uh, well, I'm just saying, like, a past relationship, if you break up with somebody, it's one thing. But if you're saying, I'm a human and you're a fae and we'll never be able to work and and it's just uh, you're going to die or you're going to die following me and I pretend to die for a noble reason, I don't know if it's really that same kind of thing. I also want to talk about this real quick. And Kyle, your opinion on this might be better because, you know, go have a little bit more information. But 
wasn't it genuine? I felt that it was genuine when he said he was going to go away with her before the imminent attack yeah. of the pack being right there. Like it, he was going to do it. Right. But he was saying that he had issues. And then she said, let's go here. We can do it. And he said, yes. But then here comes the, the boom, boom, boom. And then I, I think, think he had to make a move and he knew. Right. So if the boom, this, boom, boom didn't come in, he would have left though, right? But we're I having think this so. conversation yeah. one, one scene too early. <laughs> oh, you haven't brought up Philo's pecs once. This Bro, I, well, we, we've been tearing through scenes. But fuck, marry, kill. Left peck, left. right peck. <laughs> How could you ever make me choose cars. between the two? <laughs> cars. We didn't talk about Cars boobs at all. You guys are really... Uh, we don't do that. That's yeah, Paul. That's yeah, ca- ca- or Who's? Cow. Kara. Oh, I was yeah. like, Kara? Who the fuck's Kara? Kara Daly. She says it weird. I think she says Kara. Kara. Yeah. Like that. Right, See, Kathleen, that was, you were supposed to bring out the boobs. Then we could come in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Paul Honestly, just does. how do we think about her tits? I'm Good. great. <laughs> Good. Wrong? It's a great shot. She's like, she's like arching her back like her wings are on. I'm just like. She looked so hot this episode. I mean, that this is my argument because as much as I love to see that as well i'm like give me the penises you cowards yeah right well i mean <laughs> it's never gonna happen. right now darius dick should have been in this it's just booty and stuff when he's, he's, where you see a dick if it's not game of thrones or spartacus you don't i've seen dicks in things where i'm like whoa they're, they just show they show they show little dick in uh last kingdom they not show like a small dick but it's not a small dick but a little bit of dick <laughs> So we have, uh, yeah, Tourmaline now is deciding to leave where they're at. She's going to Magmore or Magmar. Magmar's a Pokemon, so I think it's Magmore. (laughs) But before she leaves, she has to stop by Philo's bench that he usually eats at and has a conversation with him. So she basically tells him that Vignette is in love with you and that love is going to get her killed because I've been on the war front and the pact is steamrolling the bird. They're going to come here and it's going to come down to leaving you or staying with you and dying. And that's the way she is. She's going to stay with you and die by your side. Yeah. So if you love her, you won't give her the choice to. I think my side is is doing pretty good after that conversation. Like as in you're saying that she, she should have been okay with what he did? Not okay. Just not as enraged. So okay. she gives him basically the lay of the land. She obviously knows Vignette. That's her best friend. He definitely has a look like, fuck, she's kind of got a point. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, Obviously, a scenario that could happen, and uh, he knows her as well, and he agrees that that's exactly what she would do. So, am so, I wrong in saying that Tourmaline planted the initial seed for this whole thing to happen? Oh yeah, part of the blame. I get. I'm not saying that I agree with you, Jimmy, but I'm saying Vignette should not just be mad at Philo because I'm. I am saying that, but she should also be a little mad at Tourmaline because I, Tourmaline. She has no idea, though. That's true. That I actually true. also assumed. And I could just be a rook and got this totally wrong. And, and you can correct me if I am wrong. But I assumed that it was Tourmaline who told her that he was dead. But when she said, you had my cl- somebody close to me tell me that I was dead or you were dead. No, no, it was Mima. Yeah, but does, does she I'm saying in episode two when she's mad at him and she says, you you faked your death and had someone close to me tell me that I was that you were dead. And I believed it. I thought that was just going to be Tourmaline that did it. Like, like you that's thought why... that after seeing that Tourmaline was in this flashback episode? No, no, no. I th- at the time of episode that's two. That's a crazy assumption. It was close. That's well, she only has one friend that we know of, so yeah, I just assumed but... that it was... I mean... Yeah. Well, that's a, I No, I'm <laughs> that you were really thinking about it when I was not at all. Yeah, yeah. I would like to have the, the, the line, because I'm pretty sure the line was somebody... Line? Something like... 
the closest person to me or something weird like that, where I just. But I t- think Mima fits that. Category yeah, she does. Too. She 100 percent does. But I just because I didn't know she existed yet. Right. I just. Went yeah. Formally. There's no way you could possibly know that. Mima was going to be the one. Part of the blame goes to Tormelin because she put the idea in Philo's head. Oh yeah, he was but never it, going to do this if they didn't have that conversation. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, he might have been like saying, "Hey, you got to get the fuck out of here," but like he was never going to fake his death. There's no way. So the pact has taken the capital of mm-hmm. the kingdom of Anun, and the Burgishmen are like, "All right, we got to dip. Like we're going back to the Burg. Sorry, guys." So Mima tells Vignette to go seal the library. Philo follows her, tries to convince her to meet him at the port that the army is going to set sail from back to the Berg. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, we're not going to split up. Just wait for me. I'm going to go see the library and then we're going to get the hell out of here. She actually wants to go to Ignota, Ignota, where uh, our boy, Mr. Agrius is from. So that would have been an interesting little, uh, they went there. Yeah, I got you, boss. Uh, It's funny that we were talking about this. I say that he agrees, but in my notes, I do say he agrees, but he's lying. I didn't think he was lying yet until the threat of the airships popped up and he had to make the split decision i kind of want to do this with the vets then i, I want to backtrack a little bit because i thought the conversation started with him just saying we are going separate ways that's it when you're saying he said meet me wherever you're saying that they were going to split up and then get back together i yes. just thought that that meant they're just gone before separate. they thought the capital was attacking right before that this conversation mm-hmm. happens the bergishmen have a plan to start retreating back towards the coast which is they're going to then take ships back to the berg right and he was telling her he had something to do you deal with what you have to hear and then leave oh, and meet yeah. me here before i go home and, she and then said, we'll figure it out okay she said we're not going to split up and you might not live or i might not live we may never get back together okay right. because there, isn't there something in the middle of that though where he does say to her like okay but this isn't going to work or how can we get this to work or something no because she was saying that she would go back to the burg with him and he was saying that's off the table basically okay so you're going to get discriminated against we're going to have a terrible life blah, blah blah right so he's giving his side where he says i don't think it's going to work but she's but then she says let's go to place kyle said hit me with that ignota ignota and then he started to be like okay well maybe this can work okay all right the only reason i i think that's a little bit of you know the vet set is working against me over reading his facial expressions when they hug because he does have a look of worry on his face and i think it might just be him I mean, he's probably in that moment thinking, is this a good idea at all? But I don't know if he's exactly lying. <sighs> so when they when they meet in this scene, he knows that the attack has happened, but he doesn't know the attack on their actual location has happened. Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I was thinking at the time, if he was lying or if he was just in for it. It's I, impossible to tell because we don't get a resolution to it, but I like to think Philo was going to commit to leaving and going to a foreign country so they could live together. Yeah, I, I like that better. I do think that, yeah. My first time watching it, I I did not think that with this on this rewatch, knowing what I know and then listening and looking for body language and just it just to me felt like he was going to do it before the, the the pack showed up. Yeah, the speech about her feeling like home and that that whole speech makes me think that he was in. Yeah. Yeah. So she wraps this whole interaction up by giving him the parade that the lasses save until you give to the one who you give your heart to. And then she says, I love you. And he responds with, I love you. <laughs> Oh, it's and then, yeah, I mean, it's like, let's fucking go. This is a great scene. She gave him the fucking bead from her the hair. Bead. Kathleen's been quiet for like five minutes and oh, it's lit. Well, we've been trying to figure out like how this man <laughs> feels about this woman. Entered that conversation by going, oh, we'll do this with the vet. So I was like, yeah, okay. Kathleen's like, My I'm going to take a nap. Wandered. I'm pretty yeah. drunk right now. Still kind of a little bit in this scene. We get the packed airships are now over the horizon and they are on the way to fuck some shit up at this mm-hmm. minisary. 
Mm-hmm. And when we flash to what they look like on the inside, the Pact are such a goddamn good enemy as just a entity. Yeah. They have these Gatling guns. They're shooting grenades, I guess. Yeah. And it just seems that they outclass the shit out of the Burgersmen in terms of war technology and clearly out of Fey technology. The Gatling gun is the perfect weakness to them mm-hmm. when they're just flying around the air. They just are fucking them up. And that's what we found out from, I think it was either Tourmaline or Mimarusa talking about what was going on in the north of, of where they were. But these guys are such a threat. They just start fucking shit up right away. Yeah. I mean, you would think that Faye coming with those fire, you know, cocktails or whatever would be a problem, but they're mm-hmm. just lighting them up. Not yeah. one got through. Unfortunately, we watched some Faye die and then we watch uh, Winshaw die. Yeah. They drop a bomb right on his ass and that kind of creates chaos inside of the walls. It also creates like that classic bombing movie thing where the sound kind of fades out. He's all disoriented. There's mm-hmm. music in there. We like get the angelic music. voice that starts yeah, playing, which is awesome. Exactly. He stumbles up to Mima Rusa and he just asks her for a favor. At the moment, we don't know what it is, but we quickly find out after watching uh, Vignette close the library. She drops some like huge stone door. It's obviously sealed forever. The pack's never getting in there. Then we see Mima Rusin and... The redhead chick, I guess, who's like whatever her right hand, her yeah. apprentice. Oh, who, yeah, I, we, my notes say, who is that chick? <laughs> yeah, we don't know who she, she is. She looks sad, scene. though. She yeah. one other scene earlier. She looks um, very sad wa- watching this happen. Yeah, yeah. and we're like still kind of, her. we're still kind of in that quiet. People aren't, we're not hearing people's voices. It's just, we're kind of all still disoriented. And Mimarusin whispers in Vignette's ear, to which Vignette reacts horribly to. And we know that Philo has unfortunately done the deed and proceeded with the plan to fake his own death. Okay, I'm coming in. Back to my point. We're saying that Vignette's all pissed at him for faking his death. Now, Mima comes up to her and says that Philo's dead. And back in this kind of day, obviously, there's no technology where you can prove that. So... Philo's not like posting on social media. Yeah, she had she has a a, a lady, Mima, who she trusts, but she just says, "Hey, I I saw Philo die." So seven years later, you find out Philo's alive. Isn't it? Couldn't it be one of those things where you're just like, "Well, maybe she didn't see the right person die. Maybe she just saw him it explode, and he just didn't die." Why wouldn't she also have? Oh, he's alive, kind of thing. It's not like she saw him die. She didn't see blood. He didn't say like, "Here's an arm. Give her this arm and say it's mine." I don't think it's worth even thinking about because drop it yeah i would just say i I love how much you're riding for philo but i think think that i think she has every right to be mad at him and she can deal with that anger knife to to throat i'm also not saying that philo like is a good dude for doing that specific act but i think with the mindset of vignettes one of her best friends being tourmaline told her to do this the moment where the pact was attacking this would probably increase the chance that vignette lives when he weighs all those options i I think it was fine okay yeah and i think the point saying that before the pact attacks the mimissary he was down because for them for the burgersman the war's over if he's thinking we're going back to the burg i don't want to go back to the burg let's just do us two but now they're currently getting attacked so he's like Mm -hmm. fuck this is the moment that Tormeline was warning about. Yeah, because if they're getting attacked, he has to survive it because she's not going to leave. So yeah. I, whatever. I'm not saying she shouldn't be upset or mad. I just I was saying knife to throat. I'm going to kill you. That's her personality. Right. She's just fucking around. Yeah. She's not for real. 
But yeah. the last thing we get in the past is as after Vignette gets this news, she's getting flown off by Mimarusa and that rando. We have, we flash to Darius who's telling Philo, we have to go, we have to ride away right now. And that's when he jumps on the horseback with him and they ride off. And this is when Philo turns around and stares at the city for the last time. And that pushes us right back to Carnival Row modern time. Snap back to reality. Oh, oh that goes gravity. gravity. Oh. Yeah, and so it's where, just a lover spat. But this is kind of a moment where I thought he looked up and saw Tourmaline as well. And I was like, ooh, I wasn't sure. He did see like, Tourmaline. Yeah, but I don't know if he's actually clocking it as like, that bitch, she's the one who told me to do mm, this, and now, now I'm in trouble. Well, they girl. know each other, I thought we said. No, they know each other, but she's saying, is is Philo mad at Tourmaline oh, for uh, putting the idea? Because now, but no, I don't think it, I don't no, think no, it I'm just saying Because so, I feel like that would have been. But she, to, Vignette agrees to, after she sees Philo standing outside the Tetterby Hotel, she agrees she's going to go talk to him. And when she flies down, they start rehashing what we just saw a little bit. And she, I personally think she's rightfully pissed that Mimi Russo and lied to her he didn't want her to die for him and it's the classic any sort of breakup they're going back and forth i mean death is is not classic um but also i the line of him trying to convince her that what he why he did it was for the right reasons and he's like i was your weakness and she was like you were my hope you were what was giving me hope i mean she was living in this fey land and sure outsiders might visit this fey land and think wow this is great it's like freeing whatever but she was living there and she met the sky she fell in love whatever it was you were my hope and i love this line we would have done more than survive we would have had a reason to i'm like isn't life worth more than just surviving don't we deserve Hmm. better than that Clark, yeah. Lexa, kiss. The hundred, baby. We, we also cover the hundred for everyone listening. <laughs> She's right, though. I mean, they were in the middle of a war. And now, you know, he left and she was still in that war for seven years. Right. And he's like, I'm a broken thing, which I yeah. like that, too. He's like, I'm broken. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was like classic fuckboy excuse. Well, it nah. is. It yeah. is. And then she's like, shit, bro, you need therapy. I will pray for you. Didn't, I honestly <laughs> didn't see that coming. I kind of knew from my first watch, but just how she treats that whole situation. She says, I know you're lost, but I now know that you're not meant to be with me. And she just flies right I, away. I kind of just I kind of thought right there was going to be a reconciliation by the end when he says I'm a broken thing. Yeah. Yeah. You naive son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. So now that, that that is the end of the episode, what do you guys think? Where where do you think their path is going to go? If they don't end up together, I'm rioting. No. Okay. <laughs> first of all, Darius is going to be a werewolf again. I'm I'm, I'm gonna I want him to freaking run train. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But also, where does that come in? I want to talk about the love stuff. No. Nah, yeah. I was. Just- I think they're going to reconcile. I'm not really sure. So we know that there's a a mystery looming with the evil entity and piety i mean like you know piety and jonah is a thing the evil entity is a thing we have the black ravens a thing we mm-hmm. have it's just you're trying to rehash all the mysteries because we yeah. just stepped away from yeah, it. yeah i i really like i said in episode episode one of the pod but of two of the pod of two of the of the show that the black raven really intrigued mm-hmm. me and i hope it's a thing yeah. but i can't see how they're gonna really be okay working together they had that conversation where he was like you threatened to say that i was a fae to people and she's like you know i would never do that but unless he comes out as Faye at some somehow I don't see how he joins any kind of or be is okay with the Black Raven situation so I feel like maybe she will stay on that path a little bit longer Mm -hmm. I mean we got nine episodes right eight Eight. I think total okay eight episodes so I want to say episode five they're gonna reconcile 
and we haven't even obviously we completely stepped away from the 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 siblings the imogen and ezra and mr grayish that's gonna have to come into play at some point there's a lot going on and now we can finally jump back into modern day carnival row i think the political stuff with writer bane that stuff's gonna start picking back up you guys are gonna now have a little bit more affinity to what's going on with philo and vignette like all that stuff's gonna be a lot more important i'm guessing trying to think and this is just off the top of my head, how they their storylines can connect. Maybe the entity, the monster, does something to the Black Raven, or what's the lady's name who heads the Black Raven? Dahlia. Dahlia. Maybe she puts her on the case for their side of things, too. I'm just trying to think of how they could connect at a later point. Because really, if you just think about it, besides the fact, unless he just keeps coming back to her saying, take me back, they're on totally different paths. Yep. So, can't wait. Yeah, this episode just sets you up to have more of a stake in these characters moving forward. Mm -hmm. Even Tourmaline, moving forward, those three, and Darius, I guess. So those four are the ones you were going to keep going with. And it just makes you love them even more. So I'm ready to go. The first two, I I liked this show. Now I could say I'm into this show. Mm -hmm. I think there was a very clear divide between the first two, which I liked, and then this one, which I'm saying, okay, I'm in. I like to think that the beginning is now over and we're ready to start for real. These next five episodes are going to be the story. The scene is set, and now we're ready to dive into this fucking mystery. I'm in. Kai? I love it. I mean, I just like what Luke had said earlier in this episode is that watching this episode makes you like the first two episodes, especially like on a rewatch, because you just have that deeper connection with the characters. Because obviously, you know, it's Orlando Bloom, Karen, they're attractive, and we know them from TV shows, and they're kind of interesting characters in the first two episodes. But this episode is where it's like, all right, these are the fucking homies. Like, mm. let's see where this goes. I like to think that when they're reading the script, Orlando's like, episode three, I'm in, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this show. He's going to yeah. mess up with the, the touching of the wings. Reshoot, reshoot, yeah. reshoot. I also, okay, we didn't talk about it that scene. I feel like if he's like a trained soldier, he totally would have shot her. He's like expecting someone to be there and yeah, he has that, the gun and then they turn kind of and like a knife right to his throat and then he would have been like trigger. I thought that it was a teasing play scene. Like they both knew they, they were going to be there. and But then also he was way too like suspicious looking with his gun. I don't, yeah, it was weird because I- He's a smooth criminal. I would have been freaking, I would have been guns blazing in that. I would agree. That was a weird scene. I yeah. felt the same way. Who I else had were you no expecting? idea what yeah. was happening. None. I was like, he, why are they both doing this? Yeah. He's expecting to like get ready to kill someone. Next thing you know, he's dropping that gun and dropping those trowel. <laughs> it's the best because we completely just bulldozed it and didn't care because, of course, we were like, tits and banging. Let's yeah. go. Oh, yeah. Like that whole well, we get pecs. There you go, Kyle. From Let me hear Finally. It took me to the end of the episode to talk about fucking Philo's pecs, but they're nice. That's the best way to sign off. Is yeah, bro. End on the end on the pecs. He looks phenomenal. Should we do a quick bag right. go marry? Yeah, why not? All right, we're going to do Vignette, Tourmaline, and what's her name? Portia. Portia. Ooh, Dahlia. Oh, Portia. Not yet. Dahlia's a future one. All right. Yeah. Portia, huh? And Portia, huh? Huh? <laughs> All right, you know I, can, I can go first because I got my answer already. Go ahead. Uh, I'm actually going to kill Vignette. Because she's she's, she's going to be a lot of drama to deal with, as you can see, with everything Philo has to work with. I'm going to marry Portia because I felt she was the most ready to be a house. Like, she was ready to... Don't say housewife. I'll take your ass. 
Make she was so ready, ready to be domestic. <laughs> she totally was, though. Are you kidding me? She's a server, like in the freaking house, and she's a business owner. Not, she was over her over her soldier this. boyfriend, and she's ready to settle down with Philo. I think she's ready to go. And Tourmaline's just a hot whore. She was married before. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm gonna step in and say I'm also going to marry Portia, and she's gonna pick me because it was her husband. I'm a better listener, clearly. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna bang Tourmaline because that's like her job. <laughs> she's on she's in dire straits but that is her job yeah and then yeah i'm gonna kill vignette as well okay so i'm also gonna marry portia i feel like everything about her it's it's philo that has the the baggage and the issues i think she's all good with you know going all in on a relationship and things like that i am not banging tourmaline because i don't want any stds man i don't know what's going on especially <laughs> back then right. But um, I will bang Vignette. I want to see if I can get those wings going. You, you better stop. <laughs> That's a good point. I like that. Okay. I am marrying Tourmaline. What a hot, hot girl. She could get tested, get negative, uh, and can't then get come live then. with me. She, she'll, she'll switch her job after she's living with me. Um, I'm going to bang Vignette because, yo. Heard that. <laughs> yo. Warm up for Tormelina. And then I'm going to kill Portia because one, I could barely ever remember her name. And two, I just think she's pretty boring compared to our girls, Tourmaline and Vignette. I mean, you're going to live a very interesting life if you marry either one or bang either one. You know, and I did, I killed Tourmaline, but now that I'm saying it, you have, if you have Vignette and Tourmaline both alive in that same universe without killing one of them. You know, they were lovers before. There's a chance you can get threesome. some. Yeah. Threesome. You know? Oh, true. I thought I was thinking of the opposite way. Like, there's a, a chance they could rekindle that later no, on. No, no. They're going to just join us. That anyway. is a slippery slope if you're going to get like, <laughs> hey, bring your ex over for a threesome. <laughs> yeah, right? Truly, that's bad news. All right, Take a Kyle, show, hit it. All right, so that is all she wrote. Episode three, Carnival Row, Kingdoms of the Moon. I really think we made the right decision to make it a standalone. Lots of good backstory. Lots of good sexy time. Uh, we get good Darius backstory, which is very important to me personally. If you like what you heard, make sure to A, stick with us, follow along. B, subscribe on Apple or Spotify, Bingetown TV. And C, follow us on Instagram or Twitter, same shit, at Bingetown TV. Uh, we have a whole catalog of shows we cover. You know, we do Spartacus, The 100, The Haunting Series, uh, The Mandalorian now is coming out. So, you know, you know, you can catch us with that. You know, there's so many at this point, I don't even remember it. So thank you for listening. We love you guys. Love you. Peace. For the birds.